Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm excited to announce that we are partnering with the Black Coffee Company. Head over to their website and use the special promo code BLACKDOC, B-L-K-D-O-C, to receive 10% off your order. With this promo code, the Black Coffee Company will match that 10% discount with a donation to charity. Head over now through the end of the year to take advantage of this special deal just for the listeners of the Black Doctors Podcast. And now, on to today's show. The Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others, because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm Stephen. Uh, so thankful for the folks at the Black Coffee Company for helping set this up. About me, I am a physician. I trained at Howard University College of Medicine, and I'm extremely passionate about healthcare for our community. I really want to work at building that next generation of uh, healthcare leaders, physicians, nurses, um, engineers, all those folks going to school and creating these pipelines of representation. As I uh, produce my podcast, which comes out uh, every Monday, you know, I'm always looking for interesting guests and other people to affiliate and align myself with. I've got a good friend, Monet. Uh, she's a graduate of Xavier, and she's who introduced me to the Black Coffee Company. And for about a year now, I've been following these guys and been seeing what they've been up to and seeing what they're doing for the community reached out, we chatted, and said we got to get together, um, do an interview, get these guys on the show, hear their stories, what they've overcome, and, you know, how the heck do you start a coffee roasting business, you know? So, interesting story that I'm sure we're about to get into. Um, so, again, I'm Stephen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be chatting for the next 45 minutes or so. After we're done here, I'm going to edit this episode and put it up on the podcast itself. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. At this point, um, you know, Leonard, Gino, Jamin, Christopher, thank you guys so much for, for joining. Thanks for having us. So um, let's start by kind of hearing a little bit of your backstories um, and maybe, you know, old to your, your followers there in the group. But I think, you know, it's always something to learn. Leonard, what because uh, you guys were friends since high school. Yeah, Jamin and Gino have been friends since junior high, so. Man, so how'd the group all get together? Nah, quick correction. I didn't like Gino in junior high. Those are friends. They went to the same junior high. <laughs> no, um, I'll, I'll kick things off. So Jamin and Gino um, all went to um, junior high together in Los Angeles. And then they went to high school. Um, and that's where they met me. Um, and so... The three of us all went to high school together, Washington uh, Preparatory High School. Shout out to the prep. Um, And then all three of us, you know, ended up going to Xavier University of Louisiana. That's where we met Chris and Brandon Cole as well. Where where was high school at? Los Angeles. Oh, Oh, go ahead, Chris. Chris went to to high school in Sacramento and Brandon went to high school in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Xavier, uh, I first started meeting folks from Xavier when I was at, in med school at Howard. But I I mean, everybody that comes out of Xavier is just incredibly brilliant and successful. Like there's something about Xavier that they just produce excellence. How did you guys all decide to go to Xavier? Well, uh, for me, um, I did a summer in a summer program, SOAR 2, uh, my junior year, year going to senior year of high school. And we was there for about a month. Leonard was there too. And um, that's all I needed was that month. And I was like, yeah, that's where I'm going to go. What was that programming? Uh, SOAR 2. It was uh, mathematics and engineering, I believe. And Leonard, what did it for you? Yeah, so that was my first introduction to New Orleans and Xavier University of Louisiana. I actually recall um, when I went there for the summer, I had no real intentions of going. Uh, They made us fill out an application while we was there. Um, I guess I was part of the process. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I applied and uh, my dream school was always UCLA. Got accepted, but then they was only giving me loans. And I got a full ride to go to Xavier. So uh, I just went where the money went. But it was actually the best decision of my life, actually. 
So that's how I ended up as Xavier. Uh, Jamin, what about you? You know, honestly, I was on that same track as Leonard. Uh, I didn't go to SOAR uh, that summer. I was uh, more focused on the UC system. I thought UCLA is where I was destined to be. But um, unfortunately, I got a a bad grade in uh, advanced placement calculus BC, and I didn't get along with this uh, teacher at the oh, time, man. so he wasn't trying to work <laughs> with me. And UCLA reversed my admissions. They said I, they wanted me to go spend a like go to their auxiliary program or spend like a year in a summer school, you know, community college or something. And I wasn't with that, but like Leonard said, he had applied to Xavier and so did I, I mean, cause I knew her that they were giving out scholarships. I thought that, you know, it was an opportunity just to get another flag on the wall. Um, you know, I, but lo and behold, it was the, like Leonard said, one the best decision of my life when it was, uh, I had an opportunity to, to still go there at that, that summer. So I, you know, sight unseen, a week before it was time to go, I hopped on a plane and flew on down. Wow. Oh, that's dope. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the kids that listen to the show, because there's setbacks that we face in life. So how did it feel getting kind of set back from UCLA versus how it ended up for you at Xavier? You know, well, I will say coincidentally, um, I had been watching a lot of a different world uh, right at the tail end of our senior year, right, as we're going into the summer. Because I had to make this decision after we graduated. Um Wow. And it was like, you know, wow, I wonder if I'm missing out not going to an HBCU, uh, you know, and it, and it just so happens that's where I was headed. So, you know, I was already just a, a tad bit inclined. Thanks to media. Thanks to our representation on that on that that show that has changed so many lives. I'm I'm one of the many. Christopher, what about you, man? Um, <laughs> so actually, um, I was at uh, Valley High School in Sacramento, California. That's where I played a concert marching and jazz band and school had let out about <laughs> um i was there just waiting for band practice to start and there was a girl i liked who was going to a um a meeting after school so i found my way into that meeting and they were actually talking about you know undergraduate studies and college and all that good stuff so um there was a, a counselor there and i his name slips my mind but um, he was just, you know, talking to us about achieving our goals and things of that nature, you know. Um, and then there came a point where we had a one-on-one. So he took a look at my transcript and was like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, you got to <laughs> let's get it. So um, he asked me what I wanted to do. And I always had a passion for, um, you know, becoming a physician. And so he said, well, if you're thinking about doing that, there's really only one place I can lead you to and that's Xavier University. Um, so, uh, we got on the phone with my mom and she was not having it. She was like, nah, oh, no. he's going to UC Riverside. Oh, no. He's staying in Cali with me. And he looked at her and he said, you know what? You want to make him a man, you got to send him on off to school so he can, you know, grow up and grow into his destiny. And so about a year later, <laughs> had all my bags and it was the first time I ever seen or experienced anything about New Orleans or Louisiana. Um, it was, it was something, you know, it was, it was a big hurdle to overcome, but it ended up being one of the best decisions I made in my entire life. So what, uh, instrument did you play? Uh, tenor and alto saxophone. Okay. That's what's up. You still play? Not really. Not too much. Once I got to Xavier, they didn't have a, 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 a marching band which was my real passion the concert and the jazz kind of got me through but yeah i i hit them books i didn't really have a lot of extra yeah but the the things that five of you have accomplished since leaving xavier what happened at xavier that got you guys so close and, and connected uh i think it's it's just that closeness like me leonard and jamin came from from LA. Chris came from Sacramento. So we had that California connection. And then Brandon came from Arizona. He's, you know, that's West Coast. So it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't too far from us. But just being in that area, we didn't have a lot of experience, but you had to lean on each other. Like you wasn't, you, your family's not there. You know, your friends aren't there. We have to make friends. You have to bond. And, you know, that's what did it for us. It was that experience of that was the first time I think we've ever lived on our own. And then so we had to we had to rely on other people's knowledge, other people's experience to to get through. So and that's what that's what bonded us. Yeah, I, I agree. Going to a new place, 
being on your own for the first time, naturally your instinct is strength in numbers, you know, being able to kind of rely on other people. So that's one thing we started to do, you know. Um, it took me a little bit longer to get inducted into the group because they, they all had a history prior to. And I mean, to be honest, one of the biggest lessons I learned was how to pick who to hang out with, you know, because, I mean, you, you're coming across a lot of different people from all over the country. So na naturally, we gravitated towards that California West Coast love. And then once we built trust, you know, we knew we were all we had. And I remember our late night trips to rallies where one of us may have gotten a mail and got a couple of dollars. And we just, you know, we all we all eat. That's the rule. If you can make it to rallies, we're going to all eat no matter what. So that's something that we took on and it, it's just pivoted us through life. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I definitely had a lot of 29 cent and 39 cent tacos uh, in, in college. Oh, that's dope. So uh, we'll go around and, and um, see, what did you study in college and where did your career take you once you left? Uh, Leonard, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I majored in computer engineering, uh, minor in math and physics. Um, so I was, it's, it's kind of weird that none of us actually end up being pre-med <laughs> or getting a biology degree. <laughs> um, so after that, after I graduated, I went to grad school, went to Michigan State to continue um, the engineering route. I did electrical engineering, master's and PhD. And both of those disciplines with a concentration on secure wireless communications. Um, following that, following that, I uh, decided to work for the Air Force as a civilian, um, and I'm doing you know different working in different uh, technical research areas uh, for the Department of Defense. Yeah, that's dope. Gina, what about you? I should have went last. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was there, uh, I majored in mathematics. Um, it was computer science first, but um, I ended up leaving after my freshman year. Um, did the whole working, you know, living and stuff. And then uh, I went back to school at a different, different university and then graduated with accounting degree. And now I've been doing pretty much customer service uh positions and i think that's where my passion is for helping people i'm like uh i'm pretty sure i'm where i need to be because it, it's it's not work it's i mean it's it's like a job but it's fun so i'm like i'm good uh jamie i was gonna say i've been blessed to have many experiences um you know i've traveled the world i've gotten my graduate uh degree my master's in business business i've worked in hollywood you know, I've gotten to try a lot of different things. I've been a consultant. Um, you know, most recently in the past uh, almost decade now, I've worked in education. Uh, and I'm thankful for that experience. I work in higher ed. I'm able to, I know that my work contributes to the education of the youth and giving other people opportunities, specifically at the university that I'm employed at. Um, but, you know, I think Xavier is just instilled in us the, the, the mindset of always staying connected. So no matter where we went, what I did, mm -hmm. I always we stay connected to these guys. We always, you know, we planned vacations and trips. And we made sure that we spent time with each other and we, you know, invested money seeing each other, which led to the future. That's awesome. Christopher? Uh, yeah, so I started out pre-med at Xavier. Um, the summer prior to me going to Xavier, I actually participated in the Stanford Medical Youth Science Program at Stanford University. And um, it's a a month that we stayed there on campus and just kind of learned about the pre-med process and all that good stuff. And one of the things, one of the experiences I had was working in the emergency room. And it was at that moment in my life, I realized that I wasn't about that life. So um, once I got to Xavier, I thought I'd give it a try because I had promised my mom and um, ended up switching over to political science. Um, mm -hmm. during, during college, I <laughs> had to keep a job. So um, I got a lot of retail experience and that carried over into after graduate, after I graduated, um, spent about 20 years in retail and, um, and currently in medical credentialing. So it's crazy how life comes full service, but yeah. And we're missing uh, Brandon. What's, uh, what's, what's the deal with Brandon? Can't leave a brother out. Brandon's the baby of the bunch. Yeah, he's a baby. Yo, Mike. 
<laughs> so yeah, so Brandon is um, three years um, younger than us. He came to um, yeah, Xavier three years after we was there. He was um, born into our senior year. Um, and um, not really exactly sure how we really connected. Um, I think through my brother. My brother was in the same class as, as Brandon. And um, so during that time, we just stayed connected. Um, and it was actually a trip to Motown where we went to um, Michigan for my brother's graduation. Um, and Brandon was there as well. And we all were inspired by the Motown story. Um, and then from there is where our relationship with Brandon really started to grow um, more than just mutual um, acquaintances. Nice, nice. And uh, that trip to Motown, I know you referenced it. We talked about it last time we chatted. You talked about going to Motown and I think seeing how um, Barry Gordy and his folks kind of worked to create a family investment fund. And that encouraged you guys to kind of get together, put your heads together and create, let's see, I'll get this right, the backpack investment. Yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's hear about this uh, backpack I'm gonna investment. A, I'm going to give you an ex- exclusive uh, for the Black Doctors podcast. <laughs> you know, it was always, we'd always tried and were interested in creating some type of, you know, group structure amongst us because we realized we you know we were going to spend our lives traveling from um, jamaica to vegas to michigan to chicago new york you name it we just wanted we wanted to have all these experiences together and we wanted our community to come with us and we could all it was frustrating why we have didn't have more participation in some of the group things we planned and then also it was frustrating how we spent our money when we did have some of these group uh, events, right, uh, it was uh, it was out, actually outside of a hookah lounge one evening uh, when we had a very passionate, <laughs> Livia agrees, we had a very, very passionate, passionate conversation that we could spend all this money traveling the world, going to these exclusive spaces, buying bottles and VIP and hookah and all this other stuff, but we couldn't, you know, ever actually come together and form a legal structure, a business. And now we had the example where the Barry Gordy family has showed us the way. Huh. And what year was that? That was 2015. Um, we w- went down to Detroit and Motown Museum. And you know, after that, that visit, we were inspired. Um, but then it's one thing to be inspired and then just go your separate ways. But right. um, So we got together. Like, cause we all live in different cities. I was living in Ohio at the time. Um, Jamin and Brand, Jamin and Gino's in Los Angeles. Chris is in Atlanta. Brandon was probably in Louisiana or Seattle, one of those two places. Um, and um, so we just sent out an email. I was like, let's 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 figure out what we want to do. Investment Club was one of the things that came to the forefront. It's like, let's hmm. let's learn about the stock market. Let's 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 put our money together. Like this is the very first time that we've ever done anything like that, right? Uh, Chris has a story about like, can we really trust? I mean, we know each other, but putting money together is a different level of trust. Right. Um, and so we started small. We didn't like come up the gate like put five thousand on the table or anything. Like fifty dollars a month. Just, okay. Who could commit to that? Um, and these are the five that decided to do it. Right. Start out a larger group, but these were the five that. I decided it's like, hey, let's let's try this out. And from there, you know, we saw um, we would meet regularly every two weeks or so on Google Chat. You know, like the only virtual platform at the time, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've been doing this for a long time. Um, we would get together um, and learn about the stock market. You know, we'll mm. give assignments. I'll go research the telecommunications sector. Gino go look at, you know. Um, Auto, like um, autonomous driving at the time, was really big into that. Um, and the, the different tech fields, um, cannabis was another area that we was researching as well. So, I mean, we just treated it like a class project. Um, you know, every two weeks we get assignments, they come back to the group, like, oh, these are some stock that might be of interest to the group to take a vote. And then we'll just use the money that we pulled together to purchase um, shares of the different stocks that we were interested in. That's dope. So from $50 a month. And we've been, we was doing that for like, yeah, $50 a month. Real small, simple. We had dues. Um, we had um, fees or like late fees. If you was late with your fees, if you didn't do your homework assignment, you was fine. 
So, I mean, we, we, oh, it, it, was, it was fun. So it kind of forced us to like really be structured of putting the $50 in, do your research, come up with ideas. We wasn't really grading each other on how well the stock performed because we don't have too much control over that. But it was just the rhythm of doing that, the discipline. And then over time, we built trust. Yeah. And Gino, you, so you have the background in accounting. So how was this experience? What did you learn from, from this group project? Uh, it's better to, it's a difference between book smart and street smart. Hmm. So no matter how many books you read on a stock market, um, what you think you've learned in school until you get out and, and put two toes down and get in it, it it's, it's not, it's, it's going to give you like a light, light, light version of how it really is. So, you know, going from the books to having to actually research stocks and look at the patterns and its history, like it's better to, to be in it than to read about it. Hmm. And, and Chris, what would you say to folks maybe thinking about starting this or starting something similar? Um, it's definitely something that I recommend. Um, I guess my, biggest takeaway and advice is just to trust the process. You know, you got to crawl before you walk. Um, a lot of times I think people jump out the window and they want to, you know, start with putting a thousand dollars in the pot or, you know, securing a retail location or, you know, buying a whole business. And, you know, that wasn't our purpose. Yeah. And I'm, we're so blessed to see it from the other side, <laughs> from getting it out the mud, getting it out the trunk you know, doing pop-ups, you know, learning together, you know, assigning projects, having those tough conversations when there is no money involved. Because when you got a thousand dollars in the pot, conversations hit a little different when somebody doesn't have their homework assignment ready. So I think just trusting each other and trusting our process and our vision, I think that's the main takeaway that I have. And I recommend that for any aspiring entrepreneur. Your first step is just to try. You know, mm. we failed mm. as much as we succeeded. But, you know, the blessing and the, the learning is what has allowed us to continue this momentum going forward and doing the things that we've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense now, because for three years, you guys are working together, learning, pull, pulling your resources, um, getting fined for not doing your homework. Uh, and then three years later, you guys had the concept that you brought to fruition of the black coffee company. So what was the transition from backpack investments to the black coffee company? Like, I was, I was thinking, um, it was, it was interesting. Like, like you said, like over, like, so like in 2017 timeframe, it was like, man, we were starting to see like dividends. Like, okay, this, I mean, the smart market was going up, but it was like, okay, we making money, right? Mm. This is, Passes like can we convert this energy to something to a business? Y'all taking right? applications for something. the group? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, we we were seeing the success and like the the increase of our um, investment was going up. It was like, can we convert that to a business? Right. We trust each other. We got money pulled together. We got money saved together, so we could start. You have a launching pad. Uh, mm-hmm. But the next question is, what business, right? We are five different backgrounds, five different passions, experiences. Uh, but one thing that was common between all of us was community, right? That was just yeah. the foundation for all of us. Just from our background, we always want to give back. We felt like we wanted to give back more. And the business was perfect for that. And one day, we was all on the call. Well, yeah, all of us. I think it was myself, Jamin. And Brandon, it was an early morning call, investment call. I'm drinking coffee. Jamie's drinking coffee. Brandon's drinking coffee. And the idea was just, what about coffee? Not as a serious thing, but it was like, wait, maybe let's try that, right? And then from there, we took like a, another homework assignment. That's next two weeks, we come back. Everybody do a little bit of research. I went out, went to Costco. I literally went to Costco. I was just watching. I'm like, people really buy coffee beans or coffee? So I'm just in a coffee aisle, just watching people pick up bags and boxes of coffee. I'm like, hmm, we'll do buy coffee. Maybe there is something to it. Do a little more research. It's a number two commodity of the world. I'm at work hmm. looking out. Everybody, every single morning. What's number that's one? That's the first thing. Oil. Yep. 
So um, we, we just saw it there. We was like, well, hmm. um, let, let's go. <laughs> um, so like once that was decided, I think Jay, I think Brandon was the one that slapped his hand on the table. It was like coffee is it because we had tons of ideas on the table at this point, right? I think it was getting fed up with what business to start. And so we once Brandon said, let's go, we started running. Jamin ran out and secured the website domains, mm. a couple of them. Okay. Um, okay. I was right behind them. Go create a website. <laughs> um, so I'll let Jamin or somebody else uh, pick up where the story is. I was Jamin, say, Jamin for secured me, all the websites. He had all of them. <laughs> Yeah, for, we didn't want to go into it. It was that I always wanted to be in business with my friends. Uh, I thought that was just a, a dope idea. Um, you know, we came up, I guess, in the Rockefeller, uh, you know, age where mm-hmm. clicks and crews and guys got together and they made money together and got successful. Now, we weren't rappers, but I felt we were smart enough to create something that could uh, propel us down that trajectory um so no matter what we did for me it had to be authentic to who we are and it had to be black um and i was that was actually a a controversial moment at the time i was like all right coffee i'm cool after you know doing some research because i was anti-coffee i was like i don't i don't get it but Mm -hmm. then after doing some research discovered like not only is it the number two commodity in the world and is it selling it's moving that it originates in africa it originates in ethiopia that every coffee bean you've had, whether it was Brazilian, Cuban, whether it was Colombian, you name it, that plant first came from Africa. And like black people, it was transplanted around the world. And like black people, that plant took on the properties of the soil from which it was planted. It stayed unique to the source, though, just like black people. Hmm. So, you know, for me, it was like, wow, well, this has to be the black coffee company. So that was kind of my intention. And job. I was like, this is a great name. And it's available. I was like, oh, my God, we got to snatch it. And not only that, we got to take anything in that's close to it because we didn't want any IP issues down the line, which mm. we discovered, you know, it was very, it's a very popular name. Yeah. So we got a domain. We got a name. So who who dropped the LLC paperwork? And cause there's a lot more that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the team, right? Divide and conquer. Um I cannot stress that enough. Like to do this by yourself or just one other person is a challenge, right? Because, like you said, it's a lot of different things that got to go on with this from the website development, getting the domain, getting the LLC, getting your paperwork, getting your trademark, right? All of these things must take place. Um, so, I know Brandon was one of the first ones to um, start doing the research on the trademark. So, he was able to help us get that. Um, I was able to help put together the website. Um, Gino was just there. He, 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 he let us know what we had to do for customer service. I haven't done any retail experience <laughs> whatsoever. Same with Chris. Chris was like, I mean, when we did our first pop-up, Chris put together a template, a word-for-word a, a word of how we should walk our customers down the sales funnel. I have never seen any of that. And then once I, once you showed me that, I was like, oh, that's why I end up buying all these things. Yep. The sales funnel will get you. The sales <laughs> funnel. So like, so it was just a beauty that all of us was able to come together and bring in our experiences and um, together for the Black Coffee Company. Um, and I was I'll pause there. Oh, Gino, come on, man. What what you? Uh... No, I mean, like what Leonard said, definitely divide and conquer. So, um, and it's crazy because we have the website, we have the LLC paperwork, we have everything on paper in line, but we still don't have any coffee. So (laughs) the very first thing that we sold was actually our woke mugs. So we had mugs Hmm. on a black coffee website. Before we had coffee, <laughs> so and that that came to be because we we came up with the idea. We was thinking of what can what can we sell along with the coffee beans. Yeah. Um, we know we didn't want to just do one item. That's it. So we we brainstorm a couple ideas. The woke mug came up first, and the reason why that went up first was we had the mug. We were securing the coffee beans, and then here come Brandon. Let's go. So he's like, I don't care. We don't have the beans. <laughs> Website got to go up. 
put the mug on it. We'll get the beans later. And that's just how it happened. So um, I think since we started, the woke mug has been our number one selling item. Hmm. Uh, of course, the coffee is going to going to sell itself. But um, yeah, we just it, it's crazy because we had a woke mug before we had beans. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll be remiss if it. If we didn't, you know, shout out Jamin because he's 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 our go, he's our fearless leader. Um, he's he he, he leads the charge. <laughs> um, but in terms of everything, social media, he secured all of that. Started putting content out. We didn't have like I mean, we didn't have a logo. We just had a name, and he was already at it. I mean, with the Facebook, wow. the Instagram, and he was just he. We built the brand before we even had a company, right? Um, our company, our brand awareness was like large and that's all thanks to, to Jamin. He's maybe he learned that in um, his business school, uh, <laughs> but in terms of marketing, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been our, our leader in that aspect. I appreciate it, bro. For me, um, I think it's all about just that principle of business that it, it, you can always iterate. You can always refine. You can always get better. And the goal is to continue to grow. So you have, but in order to grow and to iterate and get better and refine, you have to start somewhere. And a lot of times I've seen in our community and a lot of other spaces, people are, are hesitant to put it out there. They want it to be perfect. They want this super done photo shoot. They want the mm-hmm. brand, the logo. They need the website. They need a how expensive web designer. They need all these things. And what you're doing is you're creating more barriers to beginning. So my mindset is we can always fix it. We can reiterate. We can do better. But we got to go and start somewhere. So my, my, that's been my, um, I guess, modus operandi, how I consider this business and our brand is that you got to go. We got to start. Don't be afraid of something that's different or may seem challenging because, you know, we, we've accomplished a whole lot as a team and we have so much more that we're going to as we grow. Yeah, no, that's dope. And obviously been very successful. So you launched a business in 2018 and we've talked really focused in on how you went about doing it. But along the way, you guys wrote up and ascribed to some core values. And these include entrepreneurship, financial freedom, community empowerment. And along the way, you partnered with other organizations kind of from a nonprofit perspective and along the way, you've been donating and really building and investing in the community. So can you talk about some of the ways and just share what the Black Coffee Company has been doing for the community behind the scenes, um, behind the woke mugs and, and the coffee you're selling? So like, like you mentioned, right, all of those things, the three core principles, I mean, it's, it's, it aligns with our background, right? We had an investment club. And that's why we chose financial freedom as one of our core principles, because we saw the power in pulling our resources together, becoming financially illiterate, understanding the stock market, learning different ways to invest and grow your money outside of just your earned income. Um, and that was really eye-opening. So we wanted to make sure that was a core principle that we included in our coffee um, brand. And the second one is entrepreneurship. Well, <laughs> The Black Coffee Company is an entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Um, so it was like, this is something that I think would resonate a lot with our culture. Um, just being the, just having the ability to be a true self and align that with the passion, have an opportunity to be a model for the community as well. Oftentimes, when we do climb the corporate ladder, we can further and further away from the community. Um, that's reducing our true impact to the people that we want to really, you know, resonate with. And then the, the third one is community empowerment. Uh, like I said, community was one of our core principles that we all had a passion for. So with that, we've been, from day one, we decided to be very transparent in how we started the Black Coffee Company, how we started the investment club. Um, we've Left doc well, I guess we left the blueprint. We call it right. Everything that we've gone through, we've documented it and shared with anybody that asks us how to start an right. LLC, how to do accounting, how to pay sales tax. We left. We did documentation, and we're always willing to provide that information to people that want to um, that have questions about starting a business. 
almost got a little bit lost on your question, but <laughs> I'll let Gino pick up on anything yeah, I missed I, out. I think, um, one of the most important things we want to do is to, to show people that it can be done, number one, to get away that negativity of, of men not be able to work together. Like it's, it's more than just one of us, like it's five of us. And I think that's probably the biggest thing we want to take away from it is because a lot of times people feel like the trust isn't there or, you know, that's with, which is a big part, but we definitely want to make sure that if you find like-minded individuals and you guys work together, like you can get a lot done. So that's definitely what, um, for me, how uh, community empowerment is what is the number one thing for, for us. Yeah. I'll let Jamin and Chris, you guys want to talk about the different partnerships and how we, contribute back to the community? Sure. Um, well, one of the one, main things we wanted to do is, you know, stay loyal and open to working with our uh, alumni and some of the movers and shakers that kind of helped us grow into the men that we are today. Um, so we thought that was extremely important was to continue to maintain and grow those relationships. Um, you know, one of our biggest things was, you know, we created this not only to be successful, well, we wanted to be able to show others how to do what we're doing. Our goal is to have a network of people who are all movers and shakers who are reaching back and helping those who who need a little help or a boost, you know, um, even in a coffee space. I mean, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who do coffee and they're, you know, they're surprised at how open we are to giving them the game. And, mm. you know, one of the things we always mm. say is there's a Starbucks on every corner. If they can get it, and make money. There's enough money out here for all of us. So we welcome, we <laughs> promote, we we really try to make your business or whoever we partner business as well. You know, we wear a lot of hats, so we can't do everything great, but we can partner with other like-minded individuals who are. So, you know, from Humanity 360, who does, you know, a lot of mental health stuff, that's something that's near and dear to all of our hearts and you know they found a way to to captivate an audience and share a platform so we decided to undergird them and help them in any way that we could um we have Ohini. um he, he's a pharmacist that we went to college with he makes a um a natural soap and so that's something that we've we've gotten behind and we sell a lot of his skin care products in our shop um, Dr. Flavor is another pharmacist that's alumni. She makes her own seasoning, and that's somebody that we partner with and promote. Um, Do you mind leaving out any other partnerships? I'm sure we, we got a couple that I'm leaving out. Uh, you know, just it runs a gamut. Not only have we been blessed to be able to work with our Xavier University committee, uh, I mean, uh, just our not committee, but a community of entrepreneurs and community leaders. We've given back as a group over $10,000 to Xavier over the past couple of years wow. through multiple campaigns. Um, it's a, a significant effort that we take every year to make sure that we're reinvesting in the soil that allowed us to grow. Uh, it's a, about that ecosystem. I have, would be remiss if I didn't shout out Demetria Sloan for Vantage Point Coaching. She's been a leader in that community. She's been a leader for us, a big supporter for our, our group, and I, we definitely support all the things that she does, not only for executive coaching, but for women's empowerment. I have to shout out um, Dr. Nicole Plenty of Pregnancy Pearls. That's her name of her podcast, but she's a practicing OBGYN. She has another podcast called All That Old That's Deep. It's a, for black women professionals. Um, I have to shout out uh, some of the folks in the local Georgia community that we've worked with. Um, for uh, we were able to support a group that was has been working to get a community center in honor of Rayshard Brooks in the local uh, uh, Atlanta South Side of, uh, near the Lakewood community. Uh, we were able to donate and support their efforts. Um, we've worked with medical tutoring groups. We've worked with STEM-based tutoring, STEAM-based tutoring groups. Um, it runs the gamut. You know, we give and we try to support other entrepreneurs in our coffee shop. We've given our space freely for other entrepreneurs to demonstrate their practice, to sell their products and goods so that they can grow. Uh, it's all about, you know, reinvesting in our community. Um, and I'm sure there's people I'm leaving out, partners, that uh, I want to shout out Unearthing uh, Farm. They're a group uh, that are, are trying to provide sustainable, healthy foods, and we've been working with them 
in Atlanta. Um, you know, and so many folks, are, I, I, I'm just thankful for all the partners that we've been able to work with thus far. Well, you know, let's get a uh, round of applause for the amazing things that you guys are out there doing in the community. And for Brandon, who has graced us with his presence. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. I uh, hope you can hear us okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I've been okay. I've been following on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you hear you loud and clear. Go uh, ahead, Brandon. I mean, sorry. so you so you kind of tracked the story. We've seen how you guys got together. They said you're the baby of the group, um, and you were definitely influential in helping get things uh, <laughs> launched and and run up and running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why they call me the baby of the group. I'm, I'm just as old as these fellas. But, uh, you know, I just I, I think I am a, a pretty big part of the group. But I mean, I got to give kudos to every one of these guys. Like I learned from them day in and day out, you know, with all their experiences and stuff, the way they run their households, the way they take care of their families and uh, just the mentorship they give. Like nobody treats me. They may say I'm the baby in public and all this other stuff, but nobody treats me. You know, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, they give me my due respect when when I'm speaking. And, you know, uh, it, it's just it just comes with the territory, just like when you're talking to your team. You know, I'm a part of the team, just like everybody else. But I, I really respect these guys. I really love these guys. And um, and uh, I just love this team. I love what we're doing. And I appreciate you for for having us on your platform. Oh, man, the pleasure is mine. And, and I think we're right at that point where we can segue to the part I've really been looking forward to getting to because. Your guys' background, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought since a lot of your bios said L.A., I thought you're all from Louisiana and Xavier. But y'all went from West Coast to Louisiana. Then you dispersed again. You stayed in contact. You did your uh, investment group. You kicked off the Black Coffee Company. And you recently opened your first brick-and-mortar location. No other place better to start than the A. So ATL, let's talk about that. How do you open a coffee store and what does it mean to be, you know, in the dirty South Atlanta? What better place to be? Uh, I'll kick it off. Um, I was the first person uh, from the group to actually move to Atlanta. And the story in that is (laughs) crazy. But um, anyways, to attend a church here in Atlanta. And so she actually is the one who started the Great Migration here to Atlanta, Georgia. And um, when I came, the experience just, it was just something in the air. I could just feel the black excellence and the, you know, the prosperity and just to see us doing it in a way I'd never seen before just captivated me. And so, you know, Atlanta just, for me was my personal goal for it to be the first uh, brick and mortar location for the black coffee company. Now, the timing, I would say, wasn't what I was anticipating, um, starting a brick and mortar, especially after we've, you know, been able to get it out the mud and grind and start out doing our online thing. And even prior to, you know, launching a brick and mortar company. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of our detractors, that was their biggest thing is like, how you a company, but you don't have a a location. And so we always trusted the process, you know. We decided to put in and lay that groundwork up front. And ironically, (laughs) COVID pops up. And now most businesses who are brick and mortar are trying to pivot and scramble to adjust to online sales or being shut down. So uh, for about two or three years, we pride ourselves as being the pop up kings where, you know, with us all being in different areas of the country, we were able to all run concurrent events in our cities. And that gave us an uh, opportunity to touch the streets and, you know, try out our different recipes or see what, you know, the the community was looking for and what they were wanting. And from there, we actually um, landed an event with Killer Mike at the swag shop. And um, we, you know, we built a rapport with them and, you know, had a couple of successful events. And ironically, um, the location where we we started our business, they, there was another copy shop that was looking at possibly opening up. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. The owner reached out to Killer Mike to see if there were any up and coming black coffee companies that were out there. And he gave them our information. 
I honestly walked through the building just to do my due diligence. Didn't even think it was even fathomable for us to open up a coffee shop. But I brought it back to the group. Uh, fearless innovator down there. Uh, Jamin was just like, no, we doing it. And I'm like, wait, but what about, you know, nope, we're doing it. So Atlanta chose us and we love them for it. And we're just happy to be here. That's dope. So you secured the location and then, I mean, you got to decorate or, or design stuff. You got to set up point of sale. Like y'all divided and conquered again, I, I assume. But how was that process? You know, I'll jump in, Steve. Uh, I'll say the biggest hurdle was that we had to raise the money. You know, that was the biggest concern off top before before we even decided how we would run it, how we operate, how we design it. I mean, we had some ideas on what it would, could look like. Um, Brandon had used his wonderful engineering skills to draw out a sketch. Um, we'd come together with our creative energy and what it could be, but the money was the issue. And it was, a uh, you know, all of us were working full time. All of us had been saving individually. We had created our investment club. But still, what we had projected in order to open this coffee shop, it'd be six figures in order to get it off the ground into the what space that it needed to be. And then it also includes rent, you know, the lease that you'd have to pay, all the supplies that you'll have to get, um, you know, the construction, the renovation budget. Um, so we did what we've always done. We took it to the community. We went to our network, went to our family and friends, and, you know, we were met initially with some detraction, uh, some excitement. It ran the gamut. Uh, but, it, you know, we started coming up with a pitch deck. We said, well, hey, every startup we hear about over the last 20 years, they went out and came up with a pitch deck. They went to their family and friends, and they raised seed capital. So why couldn't we do this? And the fact that we already had a business in operation for two-plus years, uh, we have to demonstrate it that, you know, we can do this. Um, and thankfully, you know, a couple folks believed in us first. I don't have the exact, exact order, but it was uh, it was actually when Beyonce put down 10 stacks that everything kind of started to snowball. Yeah, Beyonce. And honestly, I may backtrack. We might have raised up to 10K before she put her 10K in. Um, yeah. So there were a few others who believed in us, and I, I always want to make sure we give them their love and support because they believed in us before anybody did. Uh, you can't lose. It's not the plan. It's not in the plan to lose. You know, we're going to keep pushing, get it out the mud as best we can, apply for grants. Any available money that, that was out there, we were going after it. Um, and then we were doing the work. You know, what skill sets did we have that we could contribute? Like he said, I was there trying to sketch things out. Chris was there on the floor looking at the space, giving us his, you know, his assessment of it all. Gino preparing like how we're going to hire and, all you know, all these different things, just these different aspects, because it was a big, a big thing to take on at the time. We were in the midst of COVID. We were doing well with our online sales uh, that past Juneteenth. We had probably had one of our biggest months ever, like a $10,000 sales month. Um, and that was just unheard of at the time, being as young as we were within the company. And we're transparent about all these things, right? We, we knew we could no longer go out and be the pop-up kings, but we weren't the only ones. And we've always been about the community. So us not being able mm -hmm. to do it meant that others weren't able to do it. So how, we, how could we bridge that gap? How could we then get those other entrepreneurs that were out there doing these pop-ups and doing these farmers markets, give them opportunity? So we created, even before this opportunity for us came along, we created our, what do we call it? The, um, the virtual, expo. <laughs> virtual expo. We are our black coffee virtual expo. And we had all of these different vendors come and present their their things and still get sales, still mm -hmm. capture customers, broadcast it live, use our services. You know, we weren't charging and stuff. So, you know, it was just an just an opportunity. We had to create opportunities. And because we created those opportunities, yeah. we were blessed on the back end. And this opportunity came. And then Beyonce started believing in us with, with, with the grant money and stuff. And then our investors started to say, oh, yeah, these guys are on to something. We love what you're doing. And then that just everything just snowballed and we're just wow. that, that's why we're here today, talking about it, being transparent about it, letting people know it's possible. Yeah, that, that's in, incredibly inspiring that you have a business that's almost a nonprofit, but it's a business, but it's a, it's a nonprofit because you do so much for the community. That, that's awesome. So for the folks out there and like, you know, people don't have to necessarily donate to you because they just got to buy your coffee and your woke mugs and like you got dope um, merchandise. So what are you currently offering for consumers? They can assume, I assume, go on your website and purchase. What, what's, what's in your uh, lineup at the moment? 
Yeah, well, we have merchandise. Um, we have coffee bundles. The holidays are coming up. Um, I don't know if one of these guys want to talk about what our what our our latest things are, or if <laughs> there'll be a surprise. But um, we have K cups available. Um, that was something that we took a long time, almost a year, to develop. And then we're we're launching new flavors. Um, we have teas, and eventually we'll make those teas into into K cups, single serves. Um, but our coffees, our coffee, our beans, like either whole beans or ground beans. Those are our number one sellers. The, it's really good gourmet coffee. And we're not just saying that. Um, and then we have a donate button on the website as well. So those that may not drink coffee and uh, just want to kind of donate and, you know, inspired by the story. I mean, at the end of the day, we are in business to make money. We help the community and we do a lot. And actually it's funny that you said it's, it's kind of like we're a nonprofit, but also we're out here making money. Um, you know, at the, initially we were confused hmm. about how we would go about the business because you can't just go out there and, you know, be in business expecting to earn revenue, but just either give it all away or do a lot of things for free. You know, we're, we're into consulting now. You know, people need help and they're trying to learn how to do these things. How do we do them? How do we set up our um, investment club and things like that? And um, while we are open books and we're transparent about these things, um, you know, time is money. We, we're going to start to, to, to learn how to best monetize some of these things and, and things like that. But, uh, our overarching goal will not change. We are here for the community. We will help whoever needs that help. Yeah. You definitely got to say, uh, the coffee shop, right? Um, if you're in Atlanta, black coffee, ATL is a destination spot. It's a must go to spot. Like, um, we literally people have people coming out of town, people driving from South Carolina, saw a Facebook ad, like, I have to come here. They pulled up on us. So, like, that's thanks to the team in Atlanta. They they curated that that space to what it is. It's, it's a place. It's not just a coffee shop, right? Um, entrepreneurs come in there. Um, people come in there to, to work on their students, come up, work on their assignments. Um, it's just a good vibe. And not just that, we have our organic fresh coffee right um we have fresh loose leaf tea um and lucris just debuted that simple syrup right everybody that lavender simple syrup um for those that don't like their coffee black they need a little bit of sweetener in it uh, chris has the perfect you know <laughs> syrup for you uh, it goes well with the tea as well so uh yeah if you're in atlanta please stop by the coffee shop we're there it's a family um environment uh, so even bring the little ones too. We appreciate, uh, well, I appreciate you guys um, sitting down and, and having this chat. First time I've actually recorded a live episode with multiple people. So super excited about that. For for me, you know, as the podcast continues to grow, love to partner with as many people that are here to support our community. And you folks at the Black Coffee Company were kind enough to offer a discount to our listeners to whoever's listening to the show. Um, if you go to their website and order any of their products, um, the code word is black doc, B L K D O C. And that will get you 10% off of your order. And unsurprisingly, they're going to donate an additional 10% uh, to one of the charitable organizations that they work with. So you save a little, you help a little, um, just par for the course for these good folks over at the Black Coffee Company. If you're in Atlanta, stop by the store. If you want coffee, you know, you order coffee from all these other places, check them out. Try it. And the woke mug. I, I got to get me a woke mug. You guys are all flexing with the woke mugs on the chat. <laughs> you know, I would, uh, Stephen, one thing I wanted to add is one thing we've taken real personal is to try to mentor and help the next generation of people getting started. Uh, when we were looking to launch this business, there weren't too many people who were willing to just, you know, help us along. We had to figure it all out, get it out the mud, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, and we were always intentional in, you know, our actions and how we give back. So we're really into mentoring. We hope that, you know, I always tell people that say about, hey, can I get into coffee? I say, if, we, if there's another hundred black facing coffee businesses tomorrow, that's still not enough. This is a multi hundred you know, billions and hundreds of billions of dollars. And we do not have the representation that we need within this industry yet. This being this product is commodity started with us. Yeah. If you look at the top of the chain, 
you don't see us. So, you know, we're all about inclusion, trying to bring as many different people in from different walks of life, from different faiths, different genders, different belief systems, you name it. We're all about being welcoming to people who are really about changing the community and growing. Definitely time for the final word. So Christ Christopher, uh, what would you going to leave us with? Um, I guess one of the things I'll say is, you know, just trust your life journey. Um, you know, going to Xavier and not becoming a doctor like my, I initially planned and, you know, kind of finding my way through retail and some other things. Um, it's crazy that being in a group of such um, amazing partners um, and my brothers, some of the skill sets that I bring to the table are some of the worst jobs I ever had in my life. And so, you know, just being able to deal with customer service, you know, knowing to make sure that the front doors are wiped down so you make a good impression when your customers first come in. Or, you know, sometimes the parking lot's a little rough and you got to get out there and, you know, sweep up and clean up. You know, it's just all those all those grinds I did, you know, to make somebody else rich. It feels good to be able to do that for myself and my community. So no matter what you're doing, whether it's the job, put your all into it because you never know when those seeds are going to um, come back up and reap a harvest for you. That's good. Brandon, you had a final word. Yeah, I would just say, you know, make sure you put your all into into whatever you're passionate about. Um, it's not going to be easy, not all the time, but things that are worth it are not necessarily always easy. Just like, you know, becoming a doctor, possibly, you know, um, you grow to love it, um, but it's a struggle getting there. So just stick with it, get through it, ask for help when you need it, and then lean on your support system. Oh, Gino. Um, I would say... Um reach out for help. Um, don't feel like you have to go at it alone. Um, even if you're starting a business on your own, you'd be surprised how many people can mentor you based on their failures. Um, a lot of people don't want to see you fail. So they'll be able, they, they want to help because they know that feeling. And if they, if you're passionate about what you want to do and I, and for example, if I failed at something, I see someone who's passionate about what I failed at I'm going to make sure I give you everything you need so you don't make my mistake. So no matter what it is, if you have any questions about business or internships or anything, definitely reach out to us. Um, we are definitely open to help you in any way we can. And if we don't have the answers, we'll definitely find it for you. So definitely reach out, reach out if you can. Awesome. And Leonard, you want to go ahead and close us out? I've, I've enjoyed speaking with you guys and hearing your stories and the incredible things you're accomplishing. Um, Leonard, what do you want to leave uh, the folks with tonight? I'll let Jamie lead this off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just say start, like whether it's a company, a business, um, like Jamie said, the most important thing is to start. Um, also apply that principle to investing and saving and budgeting. Like, Everybody, um, that's one of our core, core principles. Um, and that's something that we preach um, pretty frequently is just start. Um, it's okay to be successful in your career, have a business, but one of the underlying principles that you must manage is your finances. Uh, so uh, just start. That's good, Jamie. Um, for me, since Leonard got you on the start, I will say just keep going, right? The marathon must continue. We are, this is something that's generations in the making, right? We are just the latest iteration of this movement, of this awakening, of this progress, of seeing uh, our people take control of their or our destiny. Um, and, be, you know, I, I have, you know, fearless is the theme. You know, I've challenged my team, right? I want to see Houston on the map in a bigger way next year. Uh, people are demanding it. The sales demonstrated. The data shows uh, our, our next shop. You know, people are already contacting us about investing. So that means the work it must be on us to get ready so that we can receive that love and we can channel it, leverage it, so that we can continue to succeed. Um, so, you, you know, we, we're 10 toes down. And if you got an 11th, let me know. I need it. Um, we got work to do. Awesome. Well, guys, again, thank, cannot thank you enough uh, for the folks listening or watching us live on, on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. 
for the folks listening. Thanks again for joining us. Um, and, and definitely tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast. The Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Stephen Bradley, your friendly neighborhood anesthesiologist.